Um, while I get myself sorted, I've got some paper here. I'd love it if... A um, couple of things I'd love it if you could do. I'd love it if you could sit a bit more close because it feels more friendly and less uh, isolating. I'd love it if you could just come forward. And also, we're going to be doing some chatting, so it'd be great if you can sit next to somebody. Thank you so much for those who've been able to move forward. That's brilliant. Also, I'm going to pass some paper around. Can you all just grab a piece of paper and just keep it? And it's really great that we've got pens this morning. So there's some pens around. Um, so that's just for right at the end. Um, I don't have any pockets today, so I'm going to be like... I've never just yeah. So I'm just going to hold this and apologise if it drops. Please pray it doesn't drop. I might put it down. Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to drop. I'm going to hold it. Um, so it's great to be with you this morning. Um, it's really exciting, actually. I'm excited about this morning because um, what I'm going to be talking about is something that God's been putting on my heart for quite a while, and. I'm really blessed that uh, I've been given this... I, I kind of just basically said, Jonathan, can I, can I talk on this? Because uh, I went and spoke on friendship at uh, Trinity at their ladies' meeting. And on the way back, um, I took Emily and Sarah and Caroline with me. And on the way back, they were sort of talking about... I, think, I feel like this is a word for now and so I went and chatted to Jonathan about it and and here we are so it's really exciting to kind of do that so I'm quite an enthusiastic person and um, I also had quite a strong coffee this morning so if I get a bit excited about what I'm talking about you'll know why but I just feel like it's God's heart and that's part of why I'm going to be getting excited okay so we're pausing our discipleship in an instant society so we can look at friendship. And it fits really well, actually, because cultivating friendship in an instant society can be really challenging. Friendship is a building block of community and society as a whole. And as kingdom carriers, we can really impact the world around us by how we do friendship. We're living in this individualistic society. It's really fast-paced. And we're in a time where there's probably more connection than there's ever been. We've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got all the other social media connections. But we're also, we also have to recognise that these connections don't always go deep. We can find that we have a lot of connections, but not very many friends. And... Before we go any further, I want to just really say we're all learning at this. There are seasons of friendships, there are times when it goes well, and there are times when it's a challenge. We don't always get it right, but friendship is a skill that we can grow in, and as we walk with God, we can learn from him. And that's really what I want to focus on today. So my background with friendship is I haven't always found it easy, um, back in childhood, school was a real challenge. It was a time when I was bullied a lot and I, didn't, I really didn't have friends in my younger childhood. And when I was about 12, I got invited to attend a youth group. 
Now, from coming from a place of not really having friends, suddenly somebody coming up to you on the school bus and saying, do you want to come to a youth group? You're like, yes, 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 I'll come. Of course I'll come. So I was very enthusiastic back then. And um, at this youth group, it was a tiny thing in a village. This lovely woman was, called Liz was, was leading it. And the gospel was shared. And I remember her telling me really vividly, Jesus just wants to be your friend. And it was like a light went on. It was so amazing to me that Jesus knew me as I was and he wanted to be my friend. And that day, that night, I asked Jesus to come into my life. I asked him to forgive my sin and I told him that I wanted to live for him from now on. And I started to go to church and I was met there by others who loved and accepted me and I began to understand what friendship was. That is how I learned about friendship. Friendship starts with God. Because God loves friendship and he loves community. He loves it because it's in his nature. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Trinity, community, relationship, connection. The whole plan of salvation is about connection. It's about relationship. Jesus came as a friend of sinners. Jesus lived on earth, a fully man, fully God. And he's a man of friendship because God is a God of friendship. And friendship is a key principle that just is all through the Bible. You know how when you look at these things, you're like, oh, it's there and it's there and it's there. Let's have a look at see where it is. We're not going to look at these in depth, but I just thought it's really helpful just to look at some of these things. So we've got, in Genesis, Adam was in solitude, solitude and God created Eve and there was community. In um, Isaiah and James, it talks about how Abraham was described as a friend of God. In Exodus, God's described as speaking to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Job, Job had friends. Now, they messed it up a bit, but at the beginning, when they first got alongside him and they sat with him for seven days and seven nights, they didn't say anything, that's when they were amazing. It's such an example of like being with somebody, being alongside somebody, sitting with them in their suffering. Then we've got Ruth. I could have put a quote down here, like a, a verse reference down here, but I just think, just read it, it's amazing. Ruth is an amazing book, just read it. Ruth and Naomi shared this friendship that led Ruth to say, where you go, I'll go. Their friendship is such an illustration of God's faithfulness to those who love and serve one another. Then we've got David and Jonathan. Like, this is the most amazing friendship. It's one of these really shining examples in the Bible of sacrificial love. Then Jesus, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, they were friends Martha opened her home to Jesus. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. Such was the relationship. And then when uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Mary and Martha, they were, they were able to be really sort of straight with Jesus. They were able to have confidence to speak plainly. It shows their relationship. And then Paul and Timothy. That bond was so strong that Paul referred to Timothy as a son. And then we get to John 15, which is what we're going to be looking at today. And we'll see how Jesus and you and me 
are friends. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. So, we're going to look at a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. We're going to look at what he taught and what he modelled about friendship. So, we're going to read from John 15, if you want to open up your Bibles. John 15, I mean, it's up there as well. Yay, there it is. Um, so, just, so before, if, you, if, you're, if you've got your Bibles, you'll see that just before this part of Scripture, it talks about the vine and the branches. So, I just want you to hold that in your mind as we read. So, from verse 9, John 15, verse 9, we're reading, as, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're sharing a meal. And these passages are in John, in John um, are their conversations that were happening at the Last Supper, just before Jesus is going to leave to go to the Garden of Gethsemane before he's arrested. These are the last important things that Jesus is saying before he faces his journey to the cross. He's saying them, and he's, he knows his disciples as he's saying them. He knows what's going to unfold. He knows his disciples are going to abandon him and deny him. And it's at that moment that he calls them friends. I think that's amazing. Sometimes we read these words, and we get so familiar with the story that it stops us realising how profound these words are and, the, and sort of how amazing it is in the moments that they were spoken. This is such a picture of grace. Jesus is loving his disciples so fully in complete knowledge of their weakness and frailty. And this is where Jesus meets us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we denied him, he had already called us friends. So this passage invites us to think about Jesus as our friend. And as we draw near to him, we meet his love, his grace, and his friendship. Our relationship with him deepens and we learn what it really is to be a friend. So there are so many things that we could pull out of this passage, but... We want to go home and have lunch, so I'm not going to go through everything. I'm going to pick just a few things. So I want to talk about what Jesus taught and what he modelled. 
So I want us to think about the fact that earlier in the passage, Jesus talks about the vine and branches. And he does that just before he calls them friends. This didn't jump out to me at first. I was just reading. I was just kind of, you know, co-focusing in on these verses. But then it suddenly occurred to me, why did Jesus say, I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me? Why did he talk about that? Well, I think part of the reason was that he was showing his disciples and us that it all starts with abiding and remaining in Jesus. We need to understand that abiding or remaining in him is what underpins everything. He's the source. He's the one that will give us all we need in every area of our lives, including friendship. If we remain in Jesus and his words remain in us, we have this freedom in how we approach him, how we ask for what we need. He's saying there's access. He's saying there's conversation that can be had. We can pray. He'll listen. As we remain in him, he's faithful. He will work in us and he'll work through us. And when we read this scripture, we get to follow the disciples' story. They heard these words, and they didn't know what's coming, but we read the, them hearing these words, and we see how things carried on. We read through John, we read through Acts, and we're seeing the disciples remaining in Jesus. We're seeing them dwelling in his words, saying things like, do you remember when he said? Do you remember this? And we see what then unfolds, what happens. We see how he makes them fruitful. We see how things grow. And this is true for us today. And it's really important as we approach this idea of friendships. When we remain in him, he works in us. So I've been talking for a bit now, so it's your turn. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, hey, remain in him. He's working in you. Don't be shy. Come on. I know it's a bit cheesy. I'm getting looks of like, this is utter cheese, Emma. But do it. Because it's good. Because it challenges us, doesn't it? It challenges us. <laughs> oh, cheese is good, right? Who likes cheese? <laughs> oh. So, let's think about verse 12. Jesus is focusing in on friendship. We're going to see some of the principles that he modelled. So he modelled this principle of love God's way. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. But how did he love? Jesus loved with a deep affection. His love was perfect. It was strong, sacrificial. It meant that he did lay down his life for us. And there are different kinds of love that are mentioned in the Bible. I'm not going to go into that now because it's just too long. That's a different... Somebody else can preach on that. That's not my thing. But, <laughs> well, I like reading about it, but I can't... Anyway, friendship love. There's friendship love and there's romantic love. Friendship love is the kind of love that sacrifices. It loves others first. It's a love that's gracious about weaknesses and creates trust and confidence to be real. It's a love that walks alongside and encourages. It supports. It challenges at times. It's a love that creates opportunities to go deeper. And this is the kind of love that Jesus was calling his disciples to. It's the kind of love that he was living out. It's the kind of love that he's calling us to, to bring to one another and to bring to the world. 
He also modelled loving sacrificially. Receiving, like he, he wants us to receive so that we can give. He said, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus' love was constant. He ended up being deserted, but he never deserts us. He never deserted anyone. He was telling them that he was going to lay down his life for them. They didn't really understand at that moment, but what must it have been like for them to remember those words? To know those words and then how they related them to the cross. Like the disciples at times, we desert him. We desert Jesus sometimes. We get busy, we, it's too hard. There's all kinds of things that happen. But while we were still his enemies, his death brought us life. And this is the sacrificial nature of the love that he's talking about. When we dwell in him, receive the love that he gives, we grow in capacity to love sacrificially out of the overflow of the love that has been given. So it's out of the grace that we receive in him that we get to be gracious to one another. We can only give out of what we've got, right? So when we don't have grace, when we struggle with these things, we need to go to the source. So verse 15, 16 Um, but I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father I have made known to you you did not choose me but I chose you being a friend of God speaks to our identity it speaks about God's intentionality his friendship is a choice Jesus chose to call them friends and he he chose to tell them that they were chosen when, he, when he's calling them friends, when he's calling us friends, he's naming us. He's giving us that identity and showing us the intentionality of his relationship. He models the intentionality of friendship as he says, I choose you. And this isn't something that he's going to change his mind about. God is not unsure about his choice. He doesn't reflect on his decision and worry about it. He loves you. And I feel like there's people that need to know this today. He isn't going to change his mind about calling you friend. God's choices are always made with a fullness and perfection of wisdom. He's not going to wobble about it. There were these words this morning, weren't there? Um, Lizzie was saying, like, we've all done stuff. But, but Jesus, he sees, uh, God sees us in Christ. And Amy was talking about challenges in um, relationships. Sometimes that can make you feel like you don't fit. But he's chosen us. He's really clear on it. He's chosen us. Friendship is about being known. It's got these ingredients of transparency, vulnerability, and openness. And Jesus like, modelled that so well. He taught it, but he also modelled it. He says, but I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. He opened his heart. He let his disciples in. He called the disciples friends with the explanation of all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. Friends get to speak with unguarded openness and that's what Jesus demonstrated as he spoke to his disciples 
It's amazing that we get to read the conversation that he had on that final evening where he explained his plans to sacrifice his life, to go prepare a place, to send the Holy Spirit to answer our prayers, to fill us with joy and return again to bring us to himself, to give us peace and turn our sorrows into joy. These words spoken to friends, we get to read them. The Bible reveals the heart and plans of God. How amazing. He called us friends and he shares his heart with us. He tells us. We don't always understand it. It takes time. Sometimes it takes growth in the relationship. But as we read this, it's like a letter of friendship. It's many other things as well, but it is like a letter of friendship. There truly is no greater friend than Jesus. I've been reading some books about um, friendship. And um, there's some brilliant books out there, some brilliant books that have come out really recently about friendship. And in one of these books, um, I really want to recommend this actually, Made for Friendship by Drew Hunter. It's an excellent book. It's um, got a foreword by um, Ray Ortland, who wrote, who wrote, my brain's gone, who wrote Deeper and, what's the other one? The one, the Psalms one. Anyway, gentle and lowly, right? It's really, it's a, this is a brilliant book. I, uh, so we have this on Audible, and I've listened to this three times, like over and over again. I just could not stop reading it. It was amazing. And in that book, uh, he says, God offers his friendship, or Jesus offers his friendship as a privilege to embrace a relationship to experience, a covenant to keep, a comfort to receive, a power to tap, and a message to spread. If we want to grow in friendship, we need to get closer to Jesus. There's this idea that um, vertical friendship, friendship with Jesus, is what will make horizontal friendship, friendship with others, friendship with people around us, grow. If we are feeling that we need to grow in this area and we want to be a better friend, the answer is Jesus. So there are a couple of other things that um, Jesus modelled. He modelled having friends from different backgrounds really, really well. Have you ever thought about the way that he chose his disciples? So I was thinking about this. Now, it makes sense. Jesus was a carpenter. He could have chosen carpenters, right? He could have taught, they could have had these amazing conversations about wood grain, about the tools, about the latest chair that they'd made or the latest smoothness of a surface. This is my perception of what carpenters talk about. I'm sure it's a lot more exciting than that. But they could have had these amazing conversations, right? He could have just surrounded himself with carpenters, but he didn't. Jesus chose fishermen a tax collector who used to work for the Roman government, and a zealot who worked against the Roman government. How do you think that worked out on a journey? Do you think it was harmonious and rosy just because Jesus was there? Or just because Jesus called them? Do you think they were behaving like Jesus is there? Let's argue quietly. Like, I just imagine, you know, like, 
I mean, uh, we had three boys, so, so they, when they fought and when we were around, it was always a bit subtle. There'd be the dig in the ribs, the, the punch in the arm. There'd be those situations. I don't want to expose them, but I want to be real. <laughs> and they're not here to defend themselves, so there we go. Was it harmonious? Probably not. When we think about these details, it, it, I think it's important to paint this picture of, like, to imagine the, the kind of issues that might have been going on. It's real. It's not always easy. But what does it model? It models something really important about friendship. So I had a friend that... I have a friend that... Um, is a really close friend now, but it wasn't always like that. When I was uh, working in a school quite some years ago, uh, this person was just really not very not not very nice to me. It was quite unkind, and um, I really didn't like her very much. I, I, I like really didn't like her very much, um, and it came to the next year, and I was going to be working in her class. And I was like a bit, a bit nervous about that. I was a bit shaky. I was like, oh no, this is not going to go well. I don't think, maybe shall I look for another job? Like, what am I going to do? It was, that, it was that bad. But I was praying about it. And God said, I want you to love her. And I was like, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Are you sure? Yeah. I want you to love her. Wonderful. I'm going to need grace. It's okay, there's buckets of it. Love her. That was the conversation. And um, I was like, you're going to have to show me how. Because I, I really was quite, I was struggling with, with the, the pain of kind of how things had gone before. It wasn't easy, but gradually, God spoke to me about championing her, encouraging her. That I can do. So that's what I did. And I would like, do it sincerely. And I began to see what it was that was behind some of the ways that she treated me. I began to see some of the vulnerabilities, some of the ways that maybe she'd been treated, some of the defence mechanisms. And I began to love her. And God gave me strategies. He gave me all kinds of strategies Kindness, little, little acts of kindness, little notes. Little, I found that she was struggling financially. So we dropped some food off or we just did different things that just were like, just being friends. And now she's one of my closest friends. She's still not a Christian, but she's warming up. And she's amazing. She's such a wonderful person. And I love her. She's my friend. God's heart is that we grow in friendship. We don't, we don't come to the world knowing what to do, you know. But we tend to work out of our comfort zones, and that's where the challenge comes in. If we only have friendships with people like us, we can really miss the opportunities that are there. The world can present this picture of friendship between those who are alike, same life stage, same culture, same education level, same financial bracket, or from the same street or the right part of town. Maybe that's just in Welling Garden City. Is it not in Hatfield? Uh, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, it's there, isn't it? But 
in some ways it's not bad because those are the natural circles that we're in. But it isn't the only way that God wants us to have friends. In heaven, every tribe and tongue and nation are going to be there. It's going to be really colourful, really noisy. I'm going to fit right in because we're all going to be super excited and bubbly and passionate. It's going to be amazing. But if we haven't got used to that, it's going to be a bit of a shock. Just imagine. It's going to be a bit of a shock. It's going to be colourful. It's going to be incredible. We can have... We can have a bit of that now on earth. We can have that now. One of the brilliant... I just really want to say this, right? And I'm going I'm to ask somebody in a minute to help me with something. One of the best ways I know to make friends is to, from, from other places and other, other, is to learn to cook, right? Emily, I'd really like you to teach me how to cook. And I'm saying it publicly because I want to be held accountable that I'm going to make time and prioritise you teaching me to cook. I don't know how to make your kind of food and I think Anil would be really happy if I learned. <laughs> Will you help me? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Just, it's fine. That wasn't awkward, was it? Other than it was public. It was fine, right? <laughs> That's how you do it. It's one conversation, prioritizing time. We're going to get, our friendship's going to get deeper. It's so good. Isn't it great? Differences are all around us, and the church has this opportunity to demonstrate something amazing as we love one another. As we grow in deeper friendship, KCC, us, we, have this amazing opportunity to bring something special to Hatfield. We want to be so vibrant in our friendship that when people come in here, they see how it should be. They see God's way of friendship and they're like, wow, I want some of that. The other thing that he modelled so well was he demonstrated, Jesus demonstrated how friendship love, this kind of friendship love, is the greatest gift. So we said that friendship is about love and relationship. And there's romantic love and there's friendship love. And friendship love is this kind of love that is selfless, it's, it, it values, it drives us to get alongside one another. So it's sacrificial. The trouble is that we're living in this culture in this world where romantic love is so easily glorified. It's held high in high esteem over all other kinds of love. Romantic love gets put on a pedestal as if it's the only thing to aim for, the ultimate relationship that will leave, lead to completeness. But the truth is that Jesus is the one that completes us. He is the one that calls us friends. And if we fall into thinking the, way, the world's way, we can get tempted to undervalue and overlook the greatest gift of all, which is friendship. We want to be healthy in this, right? Everyone needs friends. We're not called to be isolated. We're called to have friends. We're made in the image of God, and he loves community. 
And we need to be really thoughtful about the different um, opportunities that there are for friendship. Single people need a depth of relationship that friendship love can bring. And we can bless and honour our amazing, beautiful, incredible single friends by being there, by doing life, by walking closely in the ups and downs, by prioritising, making time. Married people also need friends outside of their marriage. We need to relate. We need to have friends. If you go into married life thinking, this is my friend, this is all I need, it's not going to be easy. You need friends. We all need friends, right? <coughs> but comfort zones happen. Couples get comfortable talking to couples. They invite couples, students, invite, hang out with students, families, hang out with families. And that does work, and it is fine. I'm not trying to say that it's not. But the point of God's design of friendship is that he calls us and he wants us to mix it up a bit. Yeah? In all that we do, it's about communion with, with one another, with Jesus. That's, what, that's the point of it. There's no hierarchy. We're all called friends. And we need to live out from that place of intimacy with Jesus so that we can be kind, the kind of friends that he calls us to be. He's the source. As we remain in him, we stand shoulder to shoulder, friends of Jesus. We level off at this point of communion, so we want to be bold to include one another. It's really important. We want to develop friendships with one another because that reflects God's design for friendship. That's the kind of friendship that the world is hungering for. And they don't experience it. It's odd to them if you go and like help them when you don't need to, or if you go and pay for a meal when you don't need to. Or it's odd. It stands out. Well, it's not odd. They just don't understand it. It's so powerful when we are have friendship like that. When we are that kind of friend. So, I've talked for long enough. But I want us to take a couple of minutes to gather as friends, which is why I wanted you to sit near people. I want you to take a couple of minutes just to talk about how you're doing. How are you doing with friendships? What hinders you? What helps you? It's a moment to be a little bit vulnerable, but you're in control of how vulnerable you want to be. But it's just great to have that conversation and talk about it. So, just for a couple of minutes, turn to the person near you, next to you, get in a little group, have a conversation, ask the question, how are you doing? What helps you? What hinders you? Go for it. We've just got a couple of minutes.
Okay, I'm just going to ask you, sorry, that was a bit louder than I thought. I'm just going to ask you just to draw your conversations to a close. I'm sorry, but you can continue them after church. And you can continue them during the week. You can get each other's numbers. You can give each other a call. You can meet over coffee. There's loads of opportunities. Okay, so can you be super brave? And can some people just call out just one thing? We'll just have a few things that we find hinder us. Anyone want to be brave? Time, yeah. Sorry, say that. Said that? Space. 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 Yeah. Anything else? Well, that is a lie. You, okay. You've been told you're too much, but that's a lie. So. Like, I'm openness, like people expect. Oh, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Whereas I'm, if I've had a bad week, I'll be like, that's a bit rubbish, to be honest. Okay. Well, okay. So are we all in agreement that that's, that's a lie? Yeah? Amen. Okay. So, but what I think you might, what I think you're um, pointing out is just this thing of that pressure to conform yeah. to the expectations of other people and maybe not be fully yourself but we want you to be yourself it's official we've all said it (laughs) amen anyone else social anxiety anxiety, yeah i get that i find that really difficult i sometimes have to come out of coffee downstairs because i just find it too much you wouldn't know that because i hide it but i'm just being open about it now anyone else Health. health yeah Sometimes there are real limitations, and, it, and that's when we need friends to come to us. Now, like I said, as we've been talking, there might have been bits of pain going on, because we're not all good at this. We're not, like, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't got this down. I'm learning, right? But it's really, that's why we need to have the conversation, because we, we all need to learn together. So when there's illness, we can try and ring the person, try and contact them, try and reach out. We're not always going to get it right. But we can try and we can grow in him. Anything else? Inconsistency. Yeah. 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 Really important. Like inconsistency. Sometimes you can, there's highs and lows, aren't there? When you, sometimes there's expectations as well. And sometimes they're different when we're friends, aren't they? So we have to kind of have that conversation sometimes. So there's a few here that I put down. Some of the things I was thinking about were we're in this technical technical society, which means that we're connected, but we also feel isolated because those connections aren't quite what we need. Sometimes there's this there is this this is really real actually that as a, as people we are we've had this learned this enforced isolation during COVID. And we're having to adjust to what life is like after COVID. And we might have had changes in life, like our lifestyle or our, you know, our um, life season. Um, and also, right now, the world is changing. Every month, it's like, how much is the mortgage going to be this month? What's the, what's the, you know, all of these things are changing. And change takes energy. Dealing with change, adjusting to change takes energy. And sometimes we can just be really tired and the temptation is to cut back on connection. And you add that to a little bit of social anxiety that we might be experiencing. And actually, you can, you can tell yourself that you're going to be better off if you just stay away. Right? I do that, and I have to push myself. I do that. I really do that. 
but I have to push myself. And all I'm trying to do is just little bit by little bit, just try and go a little bit further and be real about it. And it's, it's a journey, and we've just got to, we've just got to keep, keep moving forward. If we stay where we are, we're going to go back. And then pain. Pain from difficult experiences with friends. It can lead us to put up barriers, to put up blocks. And what we need to have is healthy boundaries. Jesus had healthy boundaries. He did withdraw. He did do that. But he didn't stop growth of friendship. He, his boundaries encouraged growth of friendship. So we need to be having boundaries, not blocks. Okay? Right, so we, we're, I don't want to go over time. So really quickly, there's a few things that, that help as well. Things like getting good at asking questions, getting better at listening, using opportunities. Come a few minutes early. Come a few minutes early to church with the intention of using that time to talk to somebody. That's a brilliant way. It's only 10 minutes. It's doable, but you're going to get more time to chat and develop friendship. Join the serving team. That is a brilliant way to work alongside somebody. When you don't, if you don't want to sit and have a chat, you can work alongside people as you're serving and you can grow your friendship. Get people involved in what you're already doing. If you're going to eat a meal, invite somebody along. You're going to eat anyway. Just invite somebody to join you. You can say, like, can we keep it to an hour if you don't have, if you don't have like, time for the whole evening or capacity for the whole afternoon. You can say, oh, just have a quick meal. Go to Weatherspoons. It's got to be quick then, hasn't it? Because the parking. <laughs> if you're doing some gardening, ask someone to come and join you. Just, just get alongside one another. Okay, really quickly, because I want to honour time. Really quickly, I'd love it if you could get your pieces of paper and just in your groups together, just ask God for one thing that he'd like you to to change or to do differently just one thing and it might be a literally a tiny step of spend five minutes five minutes with somebody but let's ask god what does he want he's the expert on it let's ask him what does he want and then write it down share it with your group and pray for one another okay so just about two or three minutes to do that it's not long but god speaks quickly when we're listening right so don't to be expectant Couple of minutes, go. So I know that that's not very long. I haven't given you very long. But I just want to pray for us. I want to invite you to continue your discussions downstairs after we finish the service. I want to invite you, if you haven't had time to really share, don't stop. Do it downstairs after the service, okay? So I'm going to pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for friendship. Thank you that you are God of community. Thank you that you've called us friends, that you've called us to be friends. And you've called us to take friendship and love out to the world. 
And I want to ask you to do something really amazing right now. I want to ask you to come and to fill us with your Holy Spirit, with the boldness to go out to all the world and to make friends, make disciples. Lord, help us to step out of our comfort zone. Help us to do that by getting to know you, by by leaning into you, by dwelling with you and learning about friendship from you. In Jesus' name, amen.